From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, it's great to be back with you, and I'm looking forward to a pretty lively conversation about a trending topic today. Oh, I look forward to this, Steve. As always, it's great to be here with you talking about uh, programming and our our vertical here with the industry and having our listeners uh, listen to us. Absolutely. We, you know, what we're trying to do, uh, if it's not already known, is not only um, touch on the things that we feel are important and and uh, are foundational, but we also look at what are some of the the trends, what are some of the the buzzwords, what are the things that programmers and those who care about control and programming want to know more about. And um, in episode 110, we had talked with Kate Atkins about what she was looking forward to at Infocom. And she mentioned to us about AI. And I think that that's a great topic. So um, James, you, you had recommended that we touch on this. And it's certainly something that's become a buzzword with chat GPT. And um, it, it, it almost seems like the world is talking about AI and it's just, it's not a new thing. And it, just to define AI artificial intelligence, but it's, it's not, it's something that's been around for a long time, but it's become, it seems like it's become a lot more tangible and mainstream just in the past few months. So um, well, where do you think that is going to come into play in this industry? And, and you know, what, 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 what do, do programmers need to know about it? Um, where it's going to play? every single aspect that we can think of. Um, I think AI is going to be incorporated in any and all aspect of our vertical and our daily lives. Uh, what our programmers need to know about it is we can't be scared of it, it's a tool. When it comes down to it, it's, it's really a, a, just a tool. And if we don't use it as a tool, that's when it becomes dangerous. Yeah, and I I definitely would agree with you there. And I think I think that there's kind of two schools of thought too. There's those that look at AI as making things smarter, making things more um, predictable, ma- making systems have um, more um, interaction without having to be hands-on. Um, you know. But then there's the others that look at, well, how do we make use AI to make system implementation and the work that we do so much easier? And 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 um, you know what what is that going to mean to people that are in the programming role? Is because frankly, with certain um, cer- certain ways of being able to use AI, you could have code written for you and so forth. So it's two different things that we have to touch on, and and we'll. we'll We'll um, tag both of those, but you know, first off, you know, systems that um, are going to be more intelligent. Um, I know that in certain areas and certain markets, that could be a really great thing because you walk into a room and it does everything for you. But I know, at least in in your world in higher ed, that may not be the best thing. So yes, there's there's always that talk of. Yeah, having the room set up for who walks in and, you know, everything is turned on, ready to go for that user. 
is definitely it's a pipe dream because I see I say that as a pipe dream is because there's a lot of variables and nuances to take into that. Um, we talk about these as humans are predictable, but humans are not predictable. So even if I come in and say 90% of the time I'm using the classroom to do a PowerPoint presentation, because 99% of the time that's where our classrooms are being used for. And the system does that. You know, I walk in and it does that. Well, that one percent time that I don't want it, is there a way I could kill that? Like not have that happen? Or am I frustrated because now the computer is telling me what I want to do and I it's not what I want to do, even though 99% of the time it is what I want to do. And so that's why I'm not a huge fan for that predictability, because when you try to only use predictability without giving the tool the control to the user then it's like well why are you telling me what i want to do just like you know like we sit there and yell at our home devices the uh, smart devices and it's like oh you you tell it to set an alarm and set a timer well you stupid machine that's not what i want it <laughs> like it, it, so there's a lot of things that concerns me there yeah, I, I know we've talked about on the show and I've talked about it on other shows and, and, and you know, with clients and so forth, there's a, there's a difference between control on automation and there needs to be a balance. You need to have a certain amount of override, as you mentioned, you need to have, be able to make adjustments. You need to be able to have backup controls um, and, and automation is good, but like you said, that time when you don't want it to be automated, you don't want it to frustrate you or you don't want to have to fight against it. And, and um, you know, AI is a little bit more, a little bit smarter than, than um, uh, automation because automation typically is fixed in, and the same every time, whereas AI in theory should be able to adapt and change. But like you said, it's still not a human and humans might have preferences. You might, you might have, uh, you might be in a different situation, you know, even if it comes down to lowering the shades and, and dimming the lights, when you turn on a display, the, the, it could be that it's not as bright outside that day, or it's too bright or whatever that might be. So there's, uh, there's a lot of factors that come into play there. So, um, I, I agree with you. I mean, just taking taking that in account, talking about the shades and this dominant now, it's like, you, yeah, we can set up rules and variables that say, hey, if the sun's here, put these shades down. Great. It's awesome. It, it can save energy efficient. It can help out all that stuff. But, you know, those motors make noise. What if you're in the middle of recording something? And the shades automatically come down. Now you it's now you got that noise added to it because the user didn't want that shade down. Or going with that, say you had an event going on and you're filming it and you did your white balances because the windows were open and now the shades came down and killed your white balance. Um, because the lighting is different. So yeah, that all that stuff is great till until it's not. I think that one of the things, and again, I'm not an expert with AI and I, 
And I, but I can only imagine, you know, doesn't have emotion and it, and it can't give you that same type of personal touch. That's, that's the one thing that humans have over, over a machine is that it's, it, it is, um, it, it can be very good and very smart, but it, it is, um, it doesn't have that, that same sensitivity. I don't think at least that, that a human can provide. So I actually said that on, uh, AV life, we got talking about AI and all that stuff and throw his name out there. Joe way. He acts AI to create him a picture of killing grandma. Because, you know, on AV Life, we always had that running gag. We were killing grandma. And it provided him a picture of a sad-looking old lady. And he's like, look, the computer knew it was sad. It, it, it knew that. It felt that this was a sad image. And my response was, no. The computer did not feel sad. It knew that people found this image being sad. But it's not sad. It has no emotion. To me, I, I, AI is like a psychopath. So, so psychopath, a psychopath can understand that other people have emotion, but they don't have any emotion. They're like they're they don't feel the sadness. They don't feel that. Same with AI. It it's say okay, yeah, well, ninety nine percent of people found this image to be sad. You know, to them, it means nothing. And that's where it's getting its data from. It's getting its data from people. And the problem is people are unpredictable. People like to play around with things. People like to cause problems. For example, like chat GPT right now, which is uh, I see you can sit there and ask it be like, who is the first president of the United States? And it kind of should come back say George Washington. And then you can sit there and like it and say, yeah, you're right. Or you can sit there and go, no, you're wrong. Steve Greenblatt was the first president. And it's going to go, oh, okay, Steve Greenblatt, I'm going to add that to my... And then now it's someone else goes and asks for it, and they'll be like, well, no, Steve Greenblatt's the first president. Like, like really? Like, now we're... The, hence why I go back to it's a tool. We got to be, we got to know how to use the tool. I, I, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's very, very well said. And, and, um, one of the things that we can look at is, you know, what, what are some ways that we could use it to make what we do more effective without replacing the, without looking at it as replacing people. Um, so can we simplify or, can we make processes more efficient or can we cut down on time that it takes to figure something out? Or can, can we be able to produce more in, in this, with the same amount of effort and, and kind of, which kind of rolls into, you know, the, the part B that I was saying here is that there are some people that are saying that it's going to replace uh, certain jobs and, and, and it probably will. And to some extent, is 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 there anything do you, that you think you know those in our industry need to be afraid of need to be afraid of only way you need to be afraid of it is if you're not going to adapt um like we have talked about with learning different programming languages if you are only steady fast on the one program you know that language you know 
using COBOL as an example, and when it becomes a dead language, what happens to you? Same thing with here with AI is if you're not going to adapt to it and use it as a tool and learn to use it, yes, you will potentially be replaced by it. Uh, think about it when with power tools and all this stuff. Like, yeah, the hand tools did the job too, but now when the power tools came out, it made it quicker, it made it more efficient, and those folks who didn't learn how to use power tools correctly, they got hurt or they got left behind. Um, same thing with AI. Yes, we can sit there and ask AI to write code for us. But that goes to the thing is, if we don't know how to write that code, how do we know that what AI gave us was actually accurate? And that's actually going to do what we want it to do. Um, and it opens up another job. Like there, I've already heard this term. Um, I think AV week, they were actually talking about it is um, what was the language used? Uh, it was a phrase coordinator or something like that. But basically how the new job would be how to actually phrase your question for AI. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you with that one because uh, we talked about this and I'll put a, a little plug in for a state of control, which is the podcast that I do at AV Nation. We, we talked about the prompt engineer and in fact, uh, Kate Atkins was on that show and that's, uh, so that, 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 that's where, where we talked about it. So that, so take a look out, um, for, uh, a state of control. And, uh, I will say it's the, uh, the April episode, but I, of 2023, I just don't know the number off the top of my head, but yeah, that you have to know what, how, how to ask the right questions and the way that puts, makes the tool most effective. A hundred percent. I do apologize, Kate. And now that Steve mentioned this, yes, that's where I heard it. I, I listened to so many podcasts. I actually saw it was on AV week. I remember it was Kate now and on the state of control. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> No problem. Hey, anytime you want to put a plug in for state of control, go for it. Oh yeah. Great show. <laughs> um, but, but you're, you're right. And uh, about that. And, and, you know, one of the other areas that I can think of is troubleshooting, you know, when, when something works, it's great. And we've talked about this too, but when it doesn't, then how do you fix it? And if you don't know what, what is right and what is wrong, um, it's you're only going to get exposed if you are relying on a tool and don't actually understand what it's doing for you. Hundred percent, Barry. Just like if I if I sit there and use a hammer, I'm trying to hammer a nail, and but I'm using the call side of the hammer. Is that the fault of the tool? No, the fault <laughs> of the person using the tool. You Maybe it will get the job done, but. Yes. Uh, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a get the job done, but most likely won't and it won't be efficient. I like that. I, so I guess as, as we wrap this one up, you know, I don't think that this is a conversation that's going to go away. I think that there's going to be a lot of talk about it and there's probably going to be a lot more, uh, people that are go going to be, um, pro AI. There's going to be skeptics of AI. There's going to be a lot of more products that I think include AI and that are easier to 
implement and set up taking some of the programming out of the mix. Um, and, and I'm sure that there's probably even more that we're going to see that we haven't yet, maybe even doing support through AI. Um, where, what benefit do you think ultimately will programmers find uh, when, when we, uh, when we, when we act like what, what's maybe one of the first ones that we'll find will be most valuable? actually incorporating AI into our programs to make things for our users. That's where I feel AI is going to be the first in, uh, put in for us programmers is us using it to incorporate it into our systems, not using it to write code, but incorporating it somehow into our systems and our code. So being able to maybe, um, do calls to AI to get information for things or, or uh, that. Uh, and I think another way to just kind of piggybacking on that is when the, the, there's been discussions about having your, your custom database for AI. And I think that that could also be valuable if, if somebody were to put together libraries of code or, or being able to quickly reference work that you've done that you know works um, being able to pull that in and, and just create systems a lot quicker based on something that's been proven because it's something that you've done yourself. I think there yeah. could be value there too. Oh, hundred percent agree with that. But I, I'm, I'm excited though, to see if we, if we can make our systems smarter because we've talked about it for a long time and it's, and, and I know that there's, there's ways to argue it either way, but it, but you know, being able to have that that scenario that that marketing and sales have have pitched for forever, being you know, knowing who's in the room and how to customize the experience, it, it'd be neat if we can take more steps toward that. In my opinion, yeah, I think the first way we do that is humans need to become less unpredictable. I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> Well, that's a good way to wrap that one. And what's, uh, you know, if you, uh, audience, uh, listeners, uh, hope that you like this show. And if you, uh, have some thoughts, um, agree with what we're saying, disagree, want to chime in, please do, um, pl please let us know what you think. Uh, this is a great topic for debate and a good one for us to be exploring moving forward. Cause it's, it's certainly not going to go away. Um, James, if uh, people want to connect with you and uh, continue this conversation, how can they do that? Oh, it's easy. You can Google me. Um, I'm out there on the socials, AV underscore James King for uh, Twitter. I'm on Infocom once in a while here and there. Um, I know this will be coming out a little bit before Infocom. So if you're at Infocom, swing by booth 4489. That's a HEPMA booth. Um, and we're a 20 by 20 booth. Come hang out with us. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't uh, believe the, uh, all the swag that I've been seeing, uh, from, from Hetmas. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. If, if everybody thinks that they were everywhere prior, I think they're taking it up a level. We're, um, we're, what we're saying is people are either going to love us or people are going to hate us. <laughs> For me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. Um, you can check out my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. Um, 
looking forward to having a Infocom presence as well. So please look for us there. And um, we, we uh, want to connect with listeners. We're going to have stickers to give out. We're going to be doing um, uh, all that we can to spread the word and, and um, meet people that we have not yet met before, as well as uh, meet, see people that we haven't seen in a while. So uh, looking forward to, to doing all those things and um, also sharing our experiences on social media and, and uh, other avenues. Um, uh, but but uh, please continue to listen um, and watch us on YouTube and Apple and Google Podcasts. Share your favorite episode. Let us know what you think. And uh, we want to continue to um, get this podcast out to more people and, and also feature more people on the show. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you and reaching out. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer.